0: Welcome, everybody, to an epi- another episode of White Sox Daily Live. I hope you guys are feeling much better about things today after seeing dylan De- Cease out there uh, just chucking the ball around and uh, giving uh, Mike Trout a hat trick, and then Liam finished off the game with a uh, the old golden sombrero for uh, one Michael Nelson Trout, and... Um, I don't know about you, Danny, but I'm feeling pretty good. How uh, how did you uh, enjoy the today's festivities?
1: Uh, you know, i got to be honest with you. I listened to the game at work on the radio. And, uh, you know, listening to uh, Len and DJ, it sounded like Dylan had his best stuff going today. And, uh, you know, I was happy to uh, come home and catch the encore, which I'm actually in the middle of uh, watching right now is in the encore. They're in the bottom of the 6th. But uh, yeah, everything I've seen from Dylan, uh, most of the season this year, aside from uh, one outlier where there was a little bit of a hiccup, uh, and I say a little bit of a hiccup, really, it wasn't anything all that awful, Uh, his looked pretty fantastic, and uh, today, I mean, really seemed to take that next step, so he's got some really, really good junk and he is playing uh, the role of Picasso so far this year, which to me is super encouraging, Seeing that uh, he was having some issues with command the last couple of seasons, and that does not seem to be an issue so far into the uh, 2022 season. So kudos to him man. really feeling good about him every time he takes the bump right now.
0: Yeah. I You know, it, it seemed like in his last start he had – like probably like, I don't know, like a a sequence of probably around like 10, 15 pitches that were not fantastic. Uh, Today, that was not a thing. Um, Not at all. Yeah, and he even said in the post-game interview that most of the time when he goes out there, he feels like he's got two pitches that are at the top of how he... You know how he feels about them. And today he said that he had four pitches that were all on point and it was really obvious. I mean, his curveball was brutal. Uh, his- that knuckle curve is oh, something. So, and I mean, gross.
1: the over the top motion that he has and that thing just drops off the face of the earth. It is unbelievable. I don't know how guys aren't just frozen up there. And they, they, a lot of them were today.
0: Yeah, there was quite a few uh, backwards K's today. Um, Truthsayer says, Cease is the ace of the staff. Numbers don't lie. I mean, at this point, uh, he's looked pretty stinking untouchable uh, a couple of times this season so far. And, you know, there was there was talk of Dylan Cease having to be the stopper today for what had been transpiring. And to be honest, I mean, Vince Velasquez was actually really, really good on Saturday. Oof. I, you know,
1: it, I mean, there's nothing to be honest is, is about the best way to put it. Cause now I don't want to, I don't want to pat him too hard on the back. I, I was thrilled with the way he looked in that game. Uh, you know, but, uh, this is something that he has done in his career before, which is why I don't want to pat him too hard. You know, thank you for giving us a good outing, Uh, especially after some really horrible uh White Sox baseball over the last week and a half or so, you know, where, I mean, the guys are just kicking the ball all over the field and can't make a throw and can't score a run. So, you know, awesome to see that from him. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that'll do that. And then uh, the next game out, he'll come out and walk, you know, seven guys and uh, put a bunch of runs on the board. And, you know, we have been uh, pretty hard on him for the last couple of months here. And, you know, it's not because he's, it's not because we don't want to see him succeed. But uh, being in this competitive window that we've heard about over and over and over again for the last few years. Uh, We just hope for more, but, uh, you know, he shows that he can do it. So let's just hope that we can get the level of consistency that, you know, he doesn't have to be that guy every time he comes out, but don't be the guy that puts on, you know, half the the roster uh, on base in one inning.
0: Yeah. That's always, that's always been the book on Velasquez is that there are times where you're going to see him pitch that he looks like, one of those guys that is lights out, but then he'll come out the next time and it's not that, you know, I mean, you're, you're getting lots of walks and such. Um, the game on Saturday, it really looked like he worked on his pacing a lot. Um, and he got the ball and he threw it and he just kept on doing that. It seemed like he, kind of got the ball rolling in the first and got some confidence, and then it was just grab the ball, fire it, grab the ball, fire it. And I think that, I mean, I don't know, I did not watch – I mean, I watched a few few starts of his when he was with Philly, and um, I can't say for certain, um, but he, to me at least, seemed like he was one of those guys that if he got – some time to sit there and think about what he was doing out there that things started to kind of, uh, spiral out of control if he was, if he was running into issues. And it, I guess it's one of those things that if, if he manages to keep his pace quick, at least if he, uh, goes down in a ball of flames, uh, it'll happen quickly, I guess. Yeah, and, you,
1: yeah, you could get the quick hook. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh,
1: you know, it's funny. I remember listening to Mark Burley. You know, we all know how Mark Burley how quickly uh, he went through his progression on the mound. Uh, you know, same thing. It was it was throw, get the ball back, get yourself set, get the sign, and throw again. And I mean nobody, nobody in the White Sox organization for twenty years or more before him, and since he's been gone, has worked faster than mark burley and uh you know you kind of kind of wonder that i I heard mark burley say that if he slowed his pace down it threw his game off you know and he could get into his head rather quickly and he was just better off when once he when he was in his groove to just stay in that groove and go not think too much and uh, just go up there and play catch and you know you kind of wonder maybe this is the uh you know this might be the thing that vince Velasquez has needed his whole career because he's got some pretty filthy stuff he's got us a full arsenal of pitches. So, you know, maybe uh, Ethan Katz has uh, found the uh, the magic potion, the fairy dust, if you will, and sprinkled it on uh, Vince Velasquez. And, you know, I would be uh, extremely thrilled to say that I was wrong about that signing if, uh, you know, things are to come together for him.
0: Yeah, you know, and I will say this. Uh, I've been watching, obviously, been watching a lot of minor league baseball this this year, and uh, with the pitch clock changes, um, there have been a few guys who are forced to work faster. And for some of them, it's worked out better, uh, the faster pace, and for other guys, uh, still having trouble with it. I don't, I don't know. There was a, a tweet today, and somebody was... Uh, I don't. I mean, to be honest, I don't even know who the guy was. Um, he had a check mark. That's all I know. But he said uh, this cannot be good for the game, and it was a a short clip of a guy throwing a pitch, him getting the ball back. The batter got into the batter's box, and uh, shortly thereafter, a ball was called on the pitcher, and kind of speaking to the effect of, you know, this is not good for the game because you guys are speeding it up. And from, you know, um, from what A Jeff, uh, Jeff Cohen that works for uh, future socks, he's talked to some of the guys and the things that they've said about that is that there's probably like a, a happy medium in there is that maybe 18 seconds is a little too fast. Uh, that maybe up at a couple of seconds and things would be a little bit more comfortable. um, but you know, I the the pacing of the game for the pitchers, it seems to work out pretty well for them. Um Johnny Cueto in his last start got called for uh being out there too long before throwing a pitch, uh I think once in the uh the last game that he threw, which as we were talking about off stream before this, uh forty-five pitches in four innings. Um and he was I – mean, he made those those kids – I feel bad for those kids because, <laughs> you know, I, I know that you've seen Johnny Cueto with his, uh, you know, kind of like Hideo Nomo-ish like back turn with his, uh, his wind-up. But the thing that he does occasionally is he does what looks like is going to be his normal – uh, his, his normal windup and he quick pitches it. And these kids had no idea what hit them. I mean, it was like, they're getting ready, you know, like they're, they're getting ready to, uh, to go and the balls already by him. And you just saw a couple of the guys just like look around and go, what just, just completely happened? Lost. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was great. Uh, it was, it was refreshing to see. Um, he looked really good. He's hitting his spots and, uh, you know, we'll get into this one in a little bit. Uh, he might be, you know, uh, Tony LaRusa commented today uh, in an interview. Uh, I don't remember if it was <laughs> pregame or postgame, but he said something along the lines of, Yeah, Johnny's looked good. We might need him sooner than later. So I don't know what to read from that other than uh, we all know. What uh, Donkey Kong has been doing for, you know, so far this season, and it hasn't been good. Uh, Again, we'll get into that in a little bit. But, um, but yes, Cease today, absolutely dominant. Um, if you are not, uh, following us on Twitter at Daily White Sox, uh, you can go on there and see some of the absolute filth that Dylan Cease was throwing out there today and, um, just making the Angels hitters just look pretty terrible. Um, it was really nice, especially after, uh, after Sunday and Friday, to see basic baseball. I guess after the last couple of weeks, it was nice to see the White Sox. I mean, they didn't score a lot of runs today. And unfortunately, that seems to be the, uh, the recipe for their success, is to not allow the other team to score, and they score a few. And that's how they've been getting their wins.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, seeing uh, you know, you talk about DK, and you know, he's, you talk about La Russa hinting that uh, he's going to be, uh, you know, uh, Cueto being being needed sooner rather than later, and the first thought that went through my mind was, y- y- "No kidding, huh? Y- you think? Do you think he can be helpful to this team?" sooner rather than later, because, uh, you know, let's be honest, the Sox have pulled together some wins since the last time this show aired. I think uh, I think they lied. the White Sox were uh, 0 for 8 uh, last time we were on, last Monday, and uh, we've gotten a couple of wins, but even uh, in those wins, uh, the scoring has not been great. But we did see a couple great pitching performances. So, yeah, uh, it does seem to be a recipe for uh, at least early season success for the White Sox. They got to keep the other team off the board. And, uh, you know, you're not going to find a lot of that with these uh, pro athletes that are out there these days. They're going to score some runs. So, but, uh, you know, bringing up fundamental baseball as you did, uh, it's nice just to see some basic baseball where balls are not being thrown, you know all over the field and guys aren't kicking routine plays and letting things get past them. And, you know, after uh, some brutal defensive performances and some really tough pitching performances, it's nice to see that, you know, even if the guys aren't hitting a ton, it's nice to see some just fundamental baseball and fundamental baseball. All of a sudden is fun. They they put the fun back in fundamental baseball.
0: Well, I mean, I, you know i don't i don't know as if i would necess- necessarily say that it's fun it's just nice to see them actually play competent baseball well
1: that's what i mean after after so much bad baseball competent baseball becomes easy to watch i guess maybe not super fun but they were difficult to watch for a long time there they, i mean it was just really hard I, you know it, when i'm getting emotional and I'm, I'm I'm outside and enjoying a, a beautiful weekend last weekend and I'm on the grill in early spring in Chicago and you're, you know, we haven't had much of a spring this year. It's been cold and rainy and the weather's been for the most part, pretty awful. And you finally get that weekend where you're like, yeah, you know, I'm going to get outside. I'm going to enjoy this weather. I'm going to throw some meats on the grill. I'm going to do the man stuff. I'm going to pound my chest and watch some baseball and, uh, yeah, you, you you watch the game and it, it takes the fun out of everything else when they just absolutely suck.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, I mean it really does. I mean it's it's and, and the best thing is like a, a lot <laughs> lately they've been early starts in the in the day and it, it's an awesome way to ruin the rest of your day is to watch them play <laughs> terrible baseball and then still have you know three hours of your workday left. And your entire night, you get to go home to the family, and you're just miserable. <laughs> it's awful. Um, oh,
1: I hope I hope my wife isn't listening. Uh, I mean, it
0: is what it is, man. I, there's like, yeah. it's it's one of those things that uh, when you pay attention as much as we do to baseball, it's one of those things where they can absolutely torpedo your day. You know, they really can. They really can.
1: Uh, we spend a lot of time here, you know, and it, we're not just watching games. You know, we're we got our noses buried in, in stats and, you know, every article that's that's going on out there. And, uh, you know, we try to keep our uh, try to keep our knowledge of, you know, all the little ins and outs that are going on. We we really do dedicate a lot of time to that. And like you said, when it's not going well. It's sometimes it's hard to, uh, you know push through to find all the little ins and outs of the smaller parts of the news that you're not seeing all over the socials. It's not being broadcast all over the place. And, you know, we're trying to do our due diligence to make sure that everybody gets the bits and pieces uh, that you don't hear all about all day long. And, you know, sometimes I think it's just hard to find the energy to keep going. You know what I mean?
0: So, yeah. Yeah. I was really thankful that that game happened today where it was, Uh, a Dylan Cease day and they still managed to give him a little bit of run support, even though he didn't really need much. Um, There was a, you know, absolutely filthy, a couple of times where he gave up a a base hit and usually it ended up being the first guy that came out in the inning. So it's, you know, he has to get through three outs with somebody on base, which was, you know, kind of one of those, especially when at at that point they were only up two to nothing, you know, and you kind of have to sweat it because oh, you're, you're you' you're waiting
1: don't... for that bubble to burst <laughs> absolutely
0: and waiting for waiting for the angels to score four runs, knowing that the white sox are not going to score more than three because for some unknown reason- well for many many known reasons uh and unknown reasons uh they find themselves unable to hit it's like uh from. Mid, uh, mid-June mid last year, it's like they slowly unlearned how to hit the baseball. And uh, there's just, there's way too much chasing going on. Uh, it's mentioned in the chat, you know, that uh, Frank Menachino is saying that uh, their ground ball rate has a lot to do with the fact that they are chasing pitches out of the zone, which is inducing bad contact, which is obviously true. And it's also really affecting their walk rate which is abysmal Atrocious.
1: yeah it's bad
0: insanely bad um i think they're 30th in baseball in walks and i want to say they're 30th, in, they 30th? On base percentage? i mean 30th percentage. last so. i saw
1: they were 31 <laughs>
0: um <laughs> yeah um
1: yeah yeah i think yeah they're pretty they're, well whatever at the it bottom. is
0: they're they're terrible um yeah, the the, uh, the offense has looked uh, just absolutely terrible. And, uh, you know, other than uh, – and the thing is, is that the thing that was really nice about today was that they were manufactured runs. Right. You know, is that you had uh, a couple of hits, but then you have a ground out to the right side, which brings in from third base – And then you have a deep sack fly to center that, or maybe it was, no, it was, uh, maybe it was left left center. Yeah. Yeah. And you have a sack fly and you get, you get two, you get two runs off of a quote unquote, you know, uh, manufactured type run. And to see even that amount of competence, I mean, this, this is where we're at at this point is that we are thrilled When we're seeing sack flies and good situational hitting. I mean, that's how sad we are right now that that's what we're getting stoked about because all the rest of the games, if they're not hitting a home run, they're not scoring.
1: Right, right. Yeah, right. and That's the thing. They're not doing anything overly exciting. They're just doing what they're supposed to do. But them doing what they're supposed to do is pretty exciting compared to what we've actually been witness to most of the beginning of the season this year. That's where that excitement comes in. It's like, wait a minute, is this team maybe finally starting to get it just a little bit because they're actually, I don't know, just doing the normal things. When the normal things become exciting, that just tells you how bad things really have been up to this point.
0: Yeah, that's that's the thing, you know, is that (laughs) – that we've fallen this far uh, with a team that's supposed to be a World Series contender, and we're sitting here rejoicing that they managed to score two runs on a essentially a, a sacrifice and a sacrifice. And right. they only end up winning three to nothing. You know, I mean, it's right. go ahead and bring the chat up there. Um, yeah, well, you know. I agree. It did suck that they teased us today scoring two in the first and then going dead. But, you know, the thing about it is, is that I, at this point, if they score three runs, I'm almost to the point where I'm ecstatic because how, you know, we're seeing one run, zero runs, two runs. So three runs. Awesome. (laughs) Um, yeah, the offense is just, uh, absolutely brutal. And, you know, as, as mentioned, you know, is that there's lots of chasing going on and just lots of, uh, ugly swings and, uh, not, not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Certainly not what, uh, what, uh, Menachino wants them to be doing. So, um, yeah, let's hope that, uh, things start to uh kind of look a little better here uh coming up here in the in the future cuz i don't know how much of this stuff that we're going to be able to uh how much more of this stuff we're going to be able to handle really you know <laughs> it's, it's yeah ugly. well
1: you know the weather is getting warmer so i'm waiting for all those folks that you know have been pointing that out for the last month oh it's cold it's cold it's cold it's cold yeah i get it but you know what it's cold for the other team too the Sox aren't on our field by themselves and these other teams are seemingly scoring runs. Now, granted that's been some bad pitching performances on the white Sox end the baseball, but, uh, even when we, even when we have uh, some good pitching performances, we've been uh, out hit quite a bit. Our run differential is pretty stinking awful yep. uh, at this point in the season. And, uh, you know, but it, the, the reality is, is that, you know, I'm waiting for these folks to come out and say, well, it's getting warmer and look, the bats are starting to warm up too. Well, you know, with a lineup as good as this one is, you have to kind of expect that whether or not the weather gets warmer, these bats are going to get better. There's just no way that, you know, the Lewis Roberts and the Jose Abreus and, and all these guys that are struggling a little bit right now are going to continue to struggle like this throughout the season. Or at least you don't think there is a way that that happens, but you know it doesn't necessarily mean that it's just the the weather's warming up it, it, a lot of it could be the abbreviated uh spring a lot of it could just be guys are uh pushing a little too hard to break out of these slumps that they're in and they're feeling pressure and they're putting pressure on themselves but or, or, D, or the
0: all of the above
1: right but one way or another you got to think that this team is going to progress at some point the Babbitt suggests it's going to uh hard hit percentage suggests it's going to uh, you know, it's just a matter of time before some of this stuff starts falling for them. So,
0: I mean, you gotta hope so. I mean, I, there at no point in time did I say this team's never going to, uh, never going to get back on track, but at the same time, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know. There's just been so much ugly. Yeah. The twins are scoring twins have a plus 23 run differential, which is, uh, in the American league is, uh. Second behind the Yankees of plus 41, which one of the things I wanted to get into uh, later on tonight is uh, the upcoming schedule um, because,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, we are uh, I think we're four games behind. I don't know what the uh, I know that the twins just won against Baltimore two one. Um, I don't know what the uh, I wasn't paying attention to what the Guardians did. I don't remember if they had a game today or not, TBH. Um, but, uh, yeah, this upcoming upcoming gauntlet is going to be uh, pretty tough. Um, I, it's, I don't remember who tweeted it earlier today, but somebody said, you know, it's possible by the end of this weekend that the White Sox could be like seven, eight games out, you know, depending on, uh, you know, if they continue to play like how they have been playing. So, um Let's hope that is not the case because the last thing they need is a double digit deficit going into (laughs) the second week of May, you know?
1: Well, you know, the one thing that the Sox team has had going for them early this season is that they've actually played halfway decent against the better teams, uh, teams that are expected to to be the better teams, you know, at the end of this season. And I say halfway decent. I see you, I see you bobbing your head over there on the other side of the digital. But, uh, uh, you know, it, when you look at the teams that they falter to, you know, i.e., the Kansas City Royals and the Guardians and teams that they should be handling uh, and they haven't been. And then you look at the, the Angels, who are, uh, you know, one of the top teams in the American League right now and they've split a four game series with them. And you look at, you know, the first couple of uh, series uh, this year. And you know the, the White Sox came out with series wins, you know first three series of the, of the season. I, I you, you know it just seems that they have stepped up slightly to the talent that they're playing against. But uh, even in those games, uh, again, you know today being a good example, even in those games, they're still not producing a ton of runs. They just happen to be out pitching when they win those games. So, you know, you just got to hope that the offense comes around.
0: Uh, truth Sayer says, so if that happens and the whole team is playing bad, when does some of this start falling on the manager?
1: Uh, that's a question that's been out on around and about, uh, Oh, I don't know. Since, uh, well, since the beginning of the season and probably since last year, to be honest with you, when the, when the offense absolutely fell apart after June. And, uh, you got to think that, you know, what the, what's the old saying? Poop uh, rolls downhill. Uh, it starts at the top. And yeah, yeah. I think the the manager's got to be held accountable. Pretty much now. Yeah, yeah
0: I, I think it's general. already at that point that that somebody's going to be uh, somebody's head is going to roll if if things don't turn around here in the next couple of weeks. And uh, as mentioned here in chat, it says 38 games against potential playoff contenders out of 60 games in the next. uh Month and a half or whatever it is, or two months um, it is not good for yep. their brand of baseball that has been uh, being played here on the south side it's it's ugly so let's hope things turn around because uh, we can't handle much of this and the, and the white sox playoff chances you know if they if they do end up uh, having a two month stretch here where they play sub 500 baseball this season's over pretty much you know yeah
1: yeah you can't you can't think that going into uh the midway point of the season after this stretch of you know tough schedule that we just were talking about and over what do they say over the next 60 some odd days i mean you're looking at all-star break at that point and if you go into the all-star break 10 12 20 games back, you can forget about coming back because, you know, we've mentioned it before. Is the AL Central the toughest division of baseball? Absolutely not. But, you know, much of these teams have improved and uh, they're not just going to lay down for the White Sox to uh, roll over them like they did last season.
0: Yeah, certainly not. Uh, I mean, it, it's so if they manage to, uh, they've been, uh, Let's see, the last, what, two weeks they've been playing like uh, 150 baseball, roughly. Uh, Say if they do really, really well from the standpoint of the last week and a half, uh, say they go really, really well and uh, they play, um, I don't know, uh, 333 baseball and win one out of win one out of three and they go 20 and 40 in the next 60 games this team's done for more than likely because you're already down five games four games or whatever it is if you're 10 games under 500 for uh or 20 games i mean what like 20 and 40 they end up being 20 games below 500 or ten, 10 games below five hundred for the next sixty games, and you happen to be playing the Guardians in that time period, and uh, you're playing all sorts of teams that you would have to be fighting for wild card position. Uh, they're all gaining ground on you at that point. I mean, it's basically because right,
1: you're not just you're not just losing. You're not just going ten games below five hundred. You're doing it against teams in your division. Yeah who are gaining on you every win they get. You know, uh, yeah, it's, it's not going to, it's a sad state that we're even talking about this right now. We yeah. should not be talking about this right now. And the time to turn it around is right now. Yeah. You know, it, 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 this is, uh, this is not something that can be put off for too much longer. Something's got to be done, you know? And, uh, Steve Stone, I think, you know, as the walking dead begin to return, uh, you know, you hope that some of these guys could provide that spark. But uh, there's really nothing that convinces me right now, you know, there, there is going there's going to there's nothing that convinces me. By the way, I'm watching them play baseball and their approach at the plate is the biggest thing. The approach at the plate hasn't seemed to really change all that much. Uh, and that's the biggest concern for me. There's nothing that, that that convinces me that this is going to turn around anytime soon unless the approach of the plate turns around.
0: Yeah. The, the unfortunate thing is, is that when I look at the team, um, and we saw this last year, uh, where Mancada and Abreu were carrying the White Sox on their back in May last year. Um, I think both of them had like uh, – Eleven hundred plus OPSs for for that month long period in May there, and uh, for the first week in June, I think they they continued on that on that pace, um, but then both of them dropped off uh, significantly. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to say, as a that,
1: matter of fact, I believe it was June eighth that where uh, Jose Abreu went from like a hundred and sixty eight.
0: It was hundred forty three. I think I think it was like a hundred No, it was 183 to 43 or something like that. It was like 140 points of OPS Plus that he lost. Uh, It was either OPS Plus or WRC Plus, but either way.
1: uh, Yeah. Between between like June 8th and the All-Star break. Or the end of the month, actually, I believe it was. From month to month. In May, he had had like 100. It was something ridiculous. It was a super high number in May and June. Like just completely tanked.
0: Yeah, he lost uh, more than uh, an average player's worth of production. Forty uh, percent right. more than an average player's production from month to month. Um, right. The White so- Sox
1: haven't had a Yerminator, you know, tearing it up for the first month and a half in a season like we did last year, and then you know, like you bring up. after Yerminator started to cool a little bit, you had Jose Abreu and Juan Moncada kind of uh, picking up the slack and really putting them on their backs for that time being. And none of that has happened this season. Yeah. There's not one person except for maybe, you know, Timmy Anderson is doing Timmy Anderson things. Uh, That doesn't seem to be an issue. He continues to do what Tim does. Uh, Jake Berger has been a, a a good uh, bright spot in the lineup for the most part. You know, he's had some hiccups here and there. Uh, But for the most part, he's hitting the ball and he's hitting it. Well, Uh, playing good third base. But none of these guys have really actually, like, thrown them on their back and won games single-handedly like you're me and Jose, and, and Johan were last season.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can't say that when they're averaging, what, like two and a half runs a game, something like that. No. I mean, you can't say anybody's carrying anybody on anybody's back, except for, I mean, if, like, Robert has played really well for the most part when he's been... Uh, not injured and not coming back from his little injury for a couple of games but for the most part he's been he's been hitting fairly well in in uh, with extra base hits at least uh, he's been doing some things Vaughn's done some things uh, you know but again like we're talking about uh, a lot of it's you know dependent on home run ball right. You know, is that those two guys are the guys who are hitting the home runs. Tim Anderson has hit a couple as well. Um, without those, you know, without the home runs, you see what the team's doing and it's been really ugly. You can't string any hits together. And as mentioned, you know, uh, at least 40 times in the chat here, um, just the, (laughs) the the plate approach has just been dead, dead gum awful. Um, yeah, so uh, looking, I'm actually I'm going to the uh, the Ivy Covered Piss Pot on Wednesday for the uh, Cubs Sox game. Um, but we got uh, two against the Cubs here over the next couple of days. Then we go to Boston and play Boston for three games. I don't like that at all. Then they go and uh, they have the Guardians home for three games. Then the Yankees here for four games. Then. They're against the Royals for five in four days, which we know how they play against the Royals. It hasn't been pretty for uh, a few years. Yeah, yeah for a I few do. years now, which even though that team is absolutely brutal and no, more or less vying with the White Sox and Orioles for worst in baseball, uh, worst in the AL because nobody, knew no one, is coming anywhere near the Reds at any point in time this season. Because oh, what are they like three nineteen now? Something like that. Oh my gosh! Like, yeah, I mean they're just awful. Yeah, in fact, awful. you know what? I'm going to look up. Uh, I'm going to look up some some stats here just real quick. Just just so I feel better about the White Sox, um, because holy cow, are the Reds terrible? <laughs> Yeah, I they're mean, pretty bad. I, I feel really good that I can even say that. That I can talk about another team and just worse than the ones. <laughs> I mean, holy cow, man. Um So while you're looking that uh, up, let me ask you, I got a question for
1: you. I want to go back to something you said just a few minutes ago, or you said you're going to the ivy covered piss pot here coming up for the crosstown series. Yeah. Uh and I want to ask the chat this as well too. If you guys want to jump in, if you can get your answers out quick enough, so without holding up the uh, conversation here. But how does everyone feel about this two crosstown series in the month of May? Yeah, you know, like they just they just stack them, you know, a couple weeks apart here, and then they're done and over with. And in seasons past, you know, we at least usually get like a midsummer, you know, hot weather, just you know the the typical baseball kind of i don't even know that atmosphere that that the heat of chicago summer atmosphere i think it was a couple years ago they did it like 4th of july weekend you know what i mean like i feel like uh just getting them out of the way early in the season i know it's it's really kind of a you know something to be said about how major league baseball has done their scheduling for years now where you know we're getting the rays and the Angels at home early in the season instead of, you know, going there where it's nice and pretty and warm, you know what I mean? But, uh, well, I digress Tampa Bay
0: inside of a dome, not exactly, uh, a yeah, positive well, you know, but atmosphere, you, but yeah, I hear what you're saying.
1: You know, I'm just saying, you know, we we're, were playing, you know, early, late, late April and early May games against, you know, warm weather teams. And we're here in Chicago doing that, like, uh, you know the powers that be. I feel like need to address that, but
0: yeah, no, their schedule's been I, and and I, I'm not willing to make excuses for them for the weather, but I did notice that uh, Jason Benetti and Steve Stone were talking about it today that they've got the most sub sixty degree games of any baseball team, and apparently it's not close, um, which does not surprise me because uh, their weather has been e- egregious for uh, the last couple of weeks. Um, Yeah, so after that Royal Series, then you go to New York to play the Yankees for three, have a day off. That's so nice that they gave us a day off. And then uh, they host the Red Sox for three games, and they have another day off. Then they have the Cubs for two at home. And then they go to Toronto to start June. And then the Rays. And then they come back and have to play the Dodgers. And uh, the Rangers, who have cooled off um, a little bit uh, offensively, but they still have the capability to run 15, 20 runs on you real quick, Um, especially if you have uh, somebody like Dallas Keuchel pitching. Um, I have zero uh, faith that he could hold them within uh, double digits. Left in nah, for we just, four, four innings.
1: We need we need uh, Johnny Cueto to uh, be the next uh, stopper, if you will. It, you know, like uh, you know, if you've got Dylan Cease and and Lucas Giolito going well, and uh, you know, if we can get Johnny Cueto to just you know be half of what Johnny Cueto was at you know the peak of his career, you know, but it's it's tough. He's thirty six years old and he's getting a late start this year. Uh, I don't expect much, but I think I, I don't want to jinx it. You know, after what's been talked about his a uh, couple of starts down in the minor leagues, especially this last one, but I don't want to jinx it. But you got to think you're going to get better than Dallas Keuchel. And uh, you know, the other thing of that is, is if we can, uh, if we can curtail some of Dallas Keuchel's innings here, maybe we don't have to worry about him getting paid, you know, twenty three million dollars next year. <laughs>
0: You know, I so, know. here's here's something that I've been <laughs> wondering about, right? Um, here's so, here's something that I've been wondering about is that say the White Sox DFA Dallas Keuchel uh-huh. now say uh-huh. uh, somebody like the Pirates or the Orioles who have zero chance of doing anything, or say even the Reds. Um, they have to uh, have a chance to pick up a Dallas Keuchel for league minimum for the rest of the year. And they have injuries, uh, a catastrophic injury in their starting rotation, and they're like, well, for league minimum, and we're not winning anyway, let's get somebody here that uh, might have a fan somewhere, uh, and maybe they'll come and buy tickets to a game. Uh, if Dallas Keuchel hits his 163 innings or whatever it was between being here and being elsewhere. Say he goes somewhere that actually has uh, a, an infield defense that isn't going to boot the ball four times on him in a game, and he managed his, manages to get five, six innings enough times to get up around that 160. Do the White Sox Hit have to, qualifier? Do the White Sox have to pay that for next year, even if he's on he, another team? I don't I, know. I don't know. I don't know how it works either. I'm kind of uh, kind of curious. The option will not vest because he will no longer be on the team. Well, I hope that is the case. Um Yeah, because I'd hate to be picking up the tab for him. Now
1: he's not only not only does he's he, he, he sucked. Here, but he's going to go suck somewhere else and make all that money, and it's going to be on our dime. So, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to work out. Uh, you know, if that's the case, maybe the White Sox hang on to him, throw him in the bullpen for, you know, like you say, mop up duty. Uh, you know, because, I mean, you got to think Rick Hahn's got to have his thumb on that pulse, and uh, you got to think that uh, he doesn't want to pay that $20, 23000000 million, whatever it is next year, or $20 million in 2023. I think it is twenty million, somewhere in there.
0: Yeah, something like that. Either way. So say, so say, uh, you know, like, you know, with that awesome start that he had on uh, on Sunday, uh, he managed to lower his ERA from nine to eight something. Um, (laughs) Say, you know, we come up to June and he's still here. Well, say you are coming up to the trade deadline and he's still here, Um, which, I mean, I hope not. I hope that he gets jettisoned here fairly quickly. But, uh, like I said, I don't know exactly how the contract uh, wording goes. I hope that it is the case that I don't have to think about this, and once he's gone, he's gone. I mean, I assume that that would be the way that it would go. But I don't know 100%, so I'm not going to say. Uh, It it was just kind of a what-if thing that came into my mind. I was like, I don't know if it's absolutely necessary that he's on the White Sox for that vesting option to hit. I think
1: it's just a matter of how the the contract is uh, constructed, honestly. And, you know, it could go either way. Without knowing, you know, the actual wording on that, it's hard to say. Uh, You know, like they say, you know, yeah uh, in the chat here if if that's the case if the vesting option does not happen if he reaches that qualifier because he's not with the team anymore then so be it fine i'm good with it go wherever you want you know as long as it's not here uh but yeah i am not 100% confident in that statement right now uh you know he's uh he's not a he's no spring chicken he's been around this game a while i would have and he's got some uh some sort of insurance to make sure he gets himself paid, especially uh, in his state of aging. So, you know, it is what it is. I don't know. It's a good question for sure.
0: Okay. So say he's sitting around in June and they still haven't DFA'd him. Um, Assuming that the rest of the team is healthy, which is a, uh, a big, big, uh, what if um, it's mentioned in here that, uh, Escalators are almost always dependent on the performance with the original team. It makes sense. Um, I hope that's the case. And uh I hope that they uh once Cueto is uh ready to come up that they just say, you know what? That's it. We're ready to go. Uses. I'm hoping. I really hope so. I, I- <coughs> Don't think I could handle another uh, month and a half of this bozo. I mean,
1: you know, and the thing is, is this guy's been talking about for two, well, almost two years now. He, I mean, he did have a decent twenty twenty, but uh, all of last season, and we heard it all this, you know, it, off season when they were they were allowed to actually come out and talk. Uh you know, he's been talking about how, you know, he's figured some things. He knows what he's doing wrong. He just, it's just a matter of fixing it. Yeah. You know, he knows what he needs to do. And 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 I'm going to be better. And I worked this off season to make sure that I'm better. And uh really we haven't seen anything that shows even an inkling of that happening. Uh you got to kind of think that I don't know, maybe the guy if he cut he, does he think about retiring?
0: I mean, he's had a good run. He's made uh, some good money. I mean, at some point, you would think some sort of sense of pride would kick in and you'd get tired of just getting your stool pushed in every single time you went out there. Um, I'm saying. Hey. Oh, James K. Woodshank, the first. Thank you for the follow, sir. Thanks for coming. Well, the way from AZ, baby, All baby. Good to see you. Oh, and look at look what I'm wearing. This is uh, via the Woodshank Express, this hat right here. Um, All right. Yeah, so, I don't know. I I would think that he would uh, seriously consider it, because he's just been getting his brains beat in. And, like, the thing is, is that, you know, like he said, uh, he fe- he said in an interview that he feels like his pitches are breaking more, and... Feels like he had some bad habits last year that he's worked to correct, and he's finally uh, coming back from that, and that his back feels better, and that he's on his way, uh, his on his way up. Uh, the issue is, is that if you look at his baseball savant numbers and look at the uh, look at the movement on his pitches, and uh, it does not appear to be the case. Is that it doesn't look like he's actually um, like anything that he's doing is actually mattering. I guess you know, just it's like it's still the same. It's still the same thing, regardless of what you know, what kind of nonsense he's he's spewing out there. Is that it's still the exact same thing as as last year?
1: Yeah, we're seeing a lot of him. He does, you know. And that's the thing. he, He when he's got his stuff going, he actually gets ahead of batters. And then he loses him just as quickly as he gets ahead of him. He starts trying to be Picasso. And he does have some nasty stuff on his pitches, even though it's only, you know, 85 miles an hour. Uh, he's got some good movement. The problem is, is it seems like a lot of it is breaking early and guys are getting a good read on the spin out of his hand. And, you know, not on top of that, you got your catcher diving all over the field to stop from getting all these pass balls because he's throwing pitches 57, 58 feet that are diving in front of the plate. And, you know, and Reese, Reese McGuire has caught him a couple of times and really saved his behind quite a few times. I mean, he's got to be, man, that guy's got to be covered in bruises from head to toe from stopping <laughs> I don't, pitches. No, I don't
0: think Keuchel throws it hard enough. <laughs>
1: well, all right, that might be the case.
0: I mean, but, you know,
1: saying. I mean, you, you know, we talk about, and you bring up, if you look at his baseball savant numbers, where it doesn't look like anything good there is really happening. And to be honest with you, if there wasn't some good defense behind home plate, it could be a lot worse. So, I, you know, I don't know. I I, 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 The only reason I brought it up is I'm thinking if I'm him, and, you know, I'm aging and I'm not looking and feeling any better. And like you say, getting your stool pushed in, you know, game in and game out, game out. There was a Freudian slip there.
0: (laughs) Uh, He's, yeah, he's been, uh, (laughs) there's, there's always room for a lefty specialist in bullpens. Yes. Just you're looking for a lefty specialist that doesn't specialize in giving up hits and walks because uh, that's essentially what he specializes in is walking guys and uh, giving up uh, lots of singles. He's really yeah. good at that.
1: You know, And the only time I want to see him even think about being a lefty specialist with the new three-batter rule is uh, if he's coming into an inning with two outs and, the, and he doesn't have to face three batters, if he can get that last out. And you know what? He still might have to face three batters before he gets yanked the way he's pitching right now. But, uh, yeah, I would I would want to see two outs Oof. on the board. And and hope that he gets one that last one, so he doesn't. He's not forced to face three batters because he's putting somebody on base. I mean, I'm sorry, his
0: whip is out of control. Yeah, it's like two and a half or something like that. If I remember it's correctly, it's awful. It
1: is ugly.
0: He is giving up hits and walks as a starter. Okay, well, yeah, because he's a starter. Do you have? Do you really? If if you were hard pressed to do something with Dallas Keuchel. Do you really are you really motivated to try him as a lefty specialist in the pen? I mean, not me, the guy can't throw strikes. And when he does, they get hammered an extra mile an hour is not going, you know? Yeah. I don't know, man. He's, he's throwing
1: beach balls up there, man. It's, uh, Yeah. I, I I really honestly would not I would really not see him, at all. But yeah, you know what do I know? I'm just a I'm just a podcaster, slash Twitch streamer.
0: Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not feeling it. Um, so uh, mentioned here in chat, I have cooled off on Maguire. He's made some mistakes lately, and Carlos Perez is killing it. Yeah. That's yeah. That's uh. That that is true. Um, that's a tough one because the thing about Reese McGuire is that at least he is comparable to Yasmani Grandal uh, defensively, um, and he's got he's a little bit quicker which is uh, handy, uh, at least to a, to a certain point. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't... Carlos Perez is doing a, a fine job in Charlotte. Um, and I'm not saying... Had they just brought him up at the beginning of the year, I would have been 100% fine with that. Yeah. Um, i am wondering at this point do you want to cut bait with uh toby mcguire this early the web slinger
1: the (laughs) web slinger that's that's nice i like that (laughs) i did not put that together until you said the web Uh uh-huh
0: that's terrible um no I mean are a you joke there are, are you are you willing to to part ways with him already um considering you're getting i mean you're getting no offense from him, but then again, that wasn't his thing in the first place, no, but if you no. look at his career numbers, you know he's still like a two forty hitter uh the problem is is that uh with the White sox he has not even been close to that, yeah, well, you know
1: white sox hitting has been uh, uh, less than desirable across the board for the most part aside from uh, you know the handful of names that we threw out earlier um, so you know maybe he uh, brings that average back up you know he gets a little it's a little on base percentage up but the, the thing is is you know yeah he's made a handful of mistakes whatever Uh You know, this is one of those things where I feel like, are we going to, we were lauding the kid for the first couple weeks of the season. Are we going to throw him under the bus, you know, after a week and a half of some uh, missteps? Where, you know, he's known, this is one of those moments, say, small sample size and leave it at that, honestly. I I think you you don't just toss him away right now because Carlos Perez is, you know, doing Carlos Perez things. And he's been doing that for a while. I get it. But uh, again, I don't want to. I don't want to rush him either. Uh, you know, he uh, how many how many levels did he move this season, Carlos? Two
0: um, last year. Uh, I he think was he was just loops. in double A last year. And did he, he spend the whole season got, in double I, I think so. I I'd have to look it up, but I think. Well, how about this? For the majority of the season he make last it up? year, it was didn't he make it
1: up in? in I thought he made it to Charlotte towards the end of the no, year.
0: No, no, they didn't. Uh, okay. They didn't bump him up to AAA until uh, this offseason. He was in. Okay. He was in AA all year last year. I'm almost a hundred percent sure. Yeah, and had a great season. He did. You know, he had a he had a really nice season. The thing fantastic. about him also is that uh, he's really good with. Uh, you know, he's got that clutch gene. Uh, with guys with uh, runners in scoring position, he's. Uh, a better hitter. I, he's more focused, and uh, he does a really good job of driving in, you know, runners in scoring position. Um, that said, I don't know as if I'd go as far as to say that he's killing it in Charlotte. I, I'd I think I would go as far as to say that he's been, um, slightly above average. Um, it's not okay. like I'm not I'm not watching him and seeing uh, what Sanchez has been doing where he's hitting the ball all the time and he's on base 500% of the time, you know, or half the time, Um, you know, going going on base at a 500 clip, you know, I mean, that's not what's going on there. Um, That said, uh, like I said, I would have 100% been on board with them – having him as the backup catcher. And when he was not, uh, when they did not do that with him, I was actually kind of surprised. I think that it kind of more boils down to the fact that uh, they had Zavala and Collins still on the roster. And when they got an offer to get at least a halfway decent value for a backup catcher, when Collins could not provide that defensively, uh, that they just went ahead and, you know, made the deal because they knew that Collins wasn't going to get the at bats here. So, I don't know. It's it's a tough one, but I, I would have been a hundred percent fine with them having him on the major league roster. But I think it also does benefit him to have him in Charlotte getting consistent at bats because up here, uh, he is not a uh, Reese McGuire defensively. He's he's pretty decent, you know. No, and he's going a place second can
1: fiddle the Yasmani Grandal. Here exactly, as well,
0: so. and uh, you know, like the only reason that I think that he might have gotten really, really consistent at bats is because they have been absolutely babying Grandal so far this season uh, defensively. Like he's been DHing most of the time. He's right. catching far more sparingly than normally you know, than he would normally. So I think that, you know, Carlos Perez would be getting some decent at bats at this point, but he's getting more at bats in Charlotte. And I think that they wanted to allow him to see, you know, the more advanced, uh, you know, that, that whole thing, you know, that they did with, uh, you know, that they've done with some of their prospects is that they brought him to AAA because they wanted him to see a little bit more of an advanced approach, uh, as far as breaking balls go and let them see the, uh, You know, like kind of like the uh, base level major league breaking balls, because the guys in Triple A, while they might not have the elite stuff that the guys in MLB have, generally there's some guys there that have some uh, more advanced approaches, and I could understand that they'd want him to see that first before bringing him up, and they also held him off the forty man and they put him onto the, uh, a roster instead of the 40 man, because they wanted to keep him, uh, unavailable in the minor league ver- uh, rule, rule five, five draft. Right. Um, which did end up happening. Just the regular rule five did not end up happening. So, you know,
1: uh, <coughs> yeah, just a little extra built in protection for him. Um, uh, yeah, I you know, I he's one of those ones and I think if we look back at some of our other prospects, you know, we talk about uh you know, we talked about Andrew Vaughn a lot the last couple of seasons, or at least last year and, and this year, and how he'd only played, you know, fifty five total games in the minors and only a, a cup of coffee at triple A. And I just hate to see guys get pushed. To, you know, like you said, he's, he's a backup catcher uh, on the White Sox roster. So down at Charlotte in the Knights, you know, at least he's getting consistent defensive and offensive play, you know, game in and game out for the most part. I really don't want to see these guys get rushed. I'd rather see them work through the v- developmental process to where, you know, we know uh, at least pretty close to what we're getting before they come up to the major league roster. And I think that's probably the smart thing to do, especially when you've got a Reese McGuire on the, the roster. Currently, you know, we talk about Zach Collins and, and what he was supposed to do. Zach Collins was never the defensive catcher. He was never mm-hmm. known to be, you know, he doesn't have a good pop time. He doesn't, he doesn't block. Ah, his pop balls. time he, was
0: okay. Sub two seconds. He's not a, he's not a framer.
1: He's, you know, he was no, not, all,
0: Although he's not, you not a blocker they about, or a framer or a catcher, right? They but talked does about have how he decent improved. Pop time, his arms he not that really
1: great. No, so you know it, it, the one thing they wanted from him was the the big power bat, which never uh, really surfaced here in Chicago. So you know why not? At least with Reese McGuire, you know you're getting the defense. Whether or not he hits is a whole other story. But he's, or he has been doing what you expected him to do, what you really wanted him to. Do. So. You know, I don't think that that's a, a big deal right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, kind of the way I'm looking at this uh, now that I'm thinking about it is, I think that it's probably a uh, you know, obviously it's going to be beneficial for him to uh, to see the AAA pitching and get at bats every day, but also the way I look at it is that you are by building these guys in the minor leagues and giving them time to see these guys with these advanced approaches is that you are raising the floor of your team, you know, and that was one of the things that Han talked about was raising the talent level on the floor through the draft and through, you know, signing these international players is making it so even your bottom part of your order and the the bottom part of your roster is at least semi-competent players you know you're not running out guys that are going to hit 135 all the time you know and that's been a really big issue with the depth of this franchise in as a whole is that they've got no minor league depth no organizational depth and I think that you know allowing these guys to, to get their reps in Charlotte and continue to uh, to grow is good for organizational depth and good for the baseline of your major league franchise is the longer these guys get time to uh, mature mature and uh, become you know better baseball players just through repetition and being you know having one on one time and with coaches and playing every single day instead of coming up and then sitting five days a week, you know, I think is, is better overall for the, for the team. And I'd say that's probably why, uh, you know, Danny Mendick was up was to allow a guy like Romy Gonzalez to continue to play. And he hasn't so much because he's been struggling and, um, you know, his season's not going like last season, you know, it's not like a Cinderella story where he's just, uh, Killing the baseball all the time. And now Yolbert's catching up to him. And he's playing every day. And right. you've got Zach Remillard, who's been going bonkers as well. Our friend, Zachy Flats. Zachy yeah, um, Flats. He, uh, the Chanticleer Crusher uh, has been uh, killing it at Charlotte. He's been hitting really, really well. And uh, it behooves the franchise to get Remillard and Yulbert these at-bats at this point because they need to keep those guys developing. And if if Romy is showing that he's not, you know, he started off his defense, he had four errors like right off the bat, you know, like after the first two weeks or whatever, and you know if you get more solid defense from these other guys and they're killing the ball and Romy's making you know he's booting it and not hitting who's going to get the playing time you know right so right yeah
1: yeah and i, I just want to go back real quick in the in the chat i saw that uh you know framing when we we're talking about uh Collins, framing isn't going to matter a whole lot longer and I just want to address that really quickly because I don't I don't not sure if a lot of people understand the whole robot umpire situation right now. I'll try to make this real quick, but my understanding on the on the robot umpire or the digital strike zone, if you will, is uh that this isn't something where the you know they're they're not actually calling balls and strikes. The umpires are actually still calling balls and strikes. Last I heard. They mm. they're they're
0: not nope, they got an earpiece. Yeah, in AAA, AAA, at least. Okay, maybe maybe it's a different.
1: One of the one of the systems, I guess. I was just reading about it. One of the systems that they developed was actually a a system of uh, review, Hmm. where the umpires were still calling balls and strikes, and there was a review on you know if you had a particularly bad call, where uh, you know I I don't know. I, I read something. I don't know if it was AAA, but I know that one of the systems that was out there is where they have the earpiece and they're. But their the earpiece was for only questionable. I call.
0: think that was for the first couple weeks. I think was that that was what was going on, and then they. Uh, I think then they moved full time uh, in twenty two. Uh, okay. Well, All after right. like the. F- First week and a half, or two weeks, or whatever. I'm uh, they're 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 calling the the ABS system is calling balls and strikes in triple A on every pitch, yes, in triple A. Okay, okay. Yeah.
1: Just wanted to clarify, I wasn't a hundred percent sure. I'd just been reading that you know, there was it was like a it, they were getting the tone on only questionable calls, it was almost like a, the, the computer was re- reviewing it in real time for them.
0: Yeah, no, at this point, uh, AAA is a full-time ABS system. Um, Okay. Yeah, uh, Blake Rutherford, actually, yes, is still hitting. Um, He's not driving the ball so much. Um, I think that, uh, you know, like the thing was last year, it seemed like he was selling out for power, like, you know, how Collins was is kind of doing now, where he's striking out a lot more, and I think that uh, that had something to do with uh, Blake Rutherford's power numbers going up a little bit last year, but then they really didn't. I think that he was trying to make his power numbers go up, and uh, it was not only A, not translating to uh, him mm-hmm. actually hitting for power, but I don't think it actually translated for... Uh, didn't actually translate for his uh, his batting average either. His bat to ball uh, went really, really badly last year. I think he hit something like 220 or something like that, maybe even less than that. It was it was ugly. I'm going to look that up right now. Yeah.
1: Zach Collins striking out, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah. Which it
1: was funny. He was talking about striking you know? out. Oh, Nikki, two strikes. Anybody been paying a, You know, now I know he doesn't anymore, but, you know, we are. There's still people out there that, that want to tell you that Nicky Madrigal should still be on the White Sox, and he's, he doesn't strike out. Well, guess what? Nicky Two Strikes has got 11 strikeouts in 17 uh, games played this season. Hmm. He had 17 strikeouts all of last year between the Sox and. No, I think he had 17 before he left the Sox last year.
0: Well, I will say this.
1: I don't know, whatever. He had a 17 strikeouts between the Sox and the Cubs, maybe it was, before he went down with his injury.
0: Yeah. No, I will agree that he is striking out more, but I will also, in his defense, mention that he has faced Brewers pitching quite a few times this year. And that is not good for anybody's bet to ball skills. <sighs>
1: Just yeah, they got they, they got they got some gems over there. They really one do. of which, one of which I was really hoping would come to the White Sox last season, but you know I digress.
0: Yeah, and like the weird thing was is that, um, you know, there was that uh, that rumor going around at some point last year. I don't know where the heck it came from, but somebody was. Uh, throwing out that the White Sox were talking to the Brewers and I don't know if it was Woodruff or Burns. I think it was actually Corbin Burns that somebody had brought up this rumor that the White Sox were talking about trading Nick Madrigal for like Corbin Burns or something like that. Well, and everybody lost their mind because they have jumped on that in a heartbeat. A lot of people weren't saying the same thing. Um, but uh, yeah, Nikki barrels, uh, if from last Nicky time I looked, last time I looked at <laughs> Nicky Barrels' baseball savant page uh he was at 0 barrels for the year um and I don't think that that's probably changed um but he <laughs> likes that nickname better than Nicky two strikes so there is that yeah Moises Castillo has done some uh done some nice stuff he's he's hit pretty well and um uh I'm trying to think um I'm trying to remember if he he did something he did something dumb the other day. I'm trying to remember what it was. I think he ended up uh overrunning on uh overrunning some sort of play. And I can't I can't remember exactly what it was that happened, but uh but yes, he's been he's been pretty decent. Um I was against it, but I was clearly stupid. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, hey, you live, you learn. Um <laughs> And to be fair, uh, Corbin Burns before last year, uh, last year in spring training, he did um, he did make a massive adjustment in his uh, in his pitch percentages and uh, started throwing. Um, I think it was the slider a lot more. If I remember correctly, I can't yeah, I mean, remember what pitch it was. The Season
1: before, I was watching him and he was filthy.
0: Yes. He
1: was looking like he was ready to break out.
0: Um, yeah. Like the thing was, is that he had, uh, he had some, obviously some awesome stuff, but, uh, the, uh, pitch mix was a pitch mix. And the new pitch for him was huge in, uh, making him what he is now. Uh, where did Colson Montgomery go? Um, last, not this Sunday, but last Sunday, uh, Colson Montgomery swung at an inside pitch. And I'm almost a hundred percent sure that he took the ball off of the finger and uh, kind of like pinched uh, pinched his finger in between the, uh, the ball and the bat and a uh, real, real weak uh, ground out to the pitcher, uh, and he hasn't played since. So he's been out for a week, so my guess is he's probably had a bruised finger for a week. Um, they haven't said anything. Uh, There's been no announcement about it, so my guess is that that's what it was. Day-to-day. Yeah. Yeah, Probably
1: day-to-day, a lot like Andrew Vaughn.
0: Yeah, that would be my guess. Um, Also, if you hadn't noticed, uh, Colas has been out for uh, three, four days, and uh, I have zero idea what happened to him. Um, I I couldn't even go back and look at the video because the uh, Asheville – tourists are nice enough to not have cameras. So uh, not only only a did we not get to, I don't get to see what happened to Oscar Colas and why he's out. I also can't go back and watch his first two professional home runs, which drives me insane. Um, His first two home runs happened uh, in the last week happened in successive games. Um, I did see a really, really uh, bad, bad filming of his first home run. Um, couldn't tell where the baseball went. Uh, it looked like it was going to left center field, and it pretty much looked like everybody just kind of did one of those, Watched except for the fly. center fielder. Yeah, the center fielder took a you know jogged, jogged to his right a few feet, and that was about it. Um, and uh, as soon as he hit it, he just kind of immediately started trotting. So he just kind of looked at it. No doubter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he crushed it. But then again, like the thing about the Asheville stadium is not only is it a hundred years old, um, but so is their technology as well. Um, Babe Ruth played at that field, and uh, it's kind of a cool looking field, but.
1: If you can get
0: cameras in some of
1: these, you know, like Pioneer League stadiums. Why can't they get one at a triple exactly. like set up a tripod and a freaking GoPro? I don't care. Just get me something, dude. Yeah, it's like it's sad.
0: On. I mean, I, I can watch the Missoula Ospreys live on on stream on the internet, but I can't see the uh Greenville grasshoppers. Can't see the Down East Wood Ducks. Can't see the Asheville Tourists. I mean, there's like a handful of these teams that don't have cameras, and I just don't understand. Like, I, and I, the thing that I was told, um, I talked to somebody in, uh, you know, in minor league baseball, and was told that more or less that in 2022. That all minor league teams were supposed to have cameras by that point, and that that was part of the agreement with uh, min- with uh, Major League Baseball kind of absorbing minor league baseball is that it was kind of a th- you know part of the thing. <coughs> and uh, unfortunately, that is not the case. Um, yes, and the Savannah Bananas. I can watch all the Savannah Bananas. Um,
1: oh, they're a lot of fun too
0: yeah um so to answer other questions uh bryce bush um per um i'm not gonna mention uh where where i heard things but uh there was there is there's medicals with uh with bryce bush and um it's kind of one of those things where we don't know if we're ever gonna see him again um Ooh. yeah yeah okay. Um, I'm not going to get into it any more than that, but uh, things have not been uh, physically right for him for a few years now, and uh, apparently there's uh, there's some stuff going on there. Um, Norhe Vera, yeah, I haven't heard anything about him with his uh, strained lat. He should have been, I would have thought, should have been in Canapolis uh, by this point. Um, but then again, thinking back on it, I think that they said it was going to be around early to mid-May, so he's probably going to be back within the next couple of weeks. Um, and I would assume that it's probably going to be in Kanapolis, but I don't know for sure. Um, but I would assume that that's probably where he's going to end up, uh, especially with it being like a rehabish type scenario. Um, but we'll see. Um, did you see uh, that uh, Westcath had his first home run?
1: I did indeed uh courtesy of the white sox daily uh, twitter page i got a, a good look at that
0: and, at uh, daily white sox on twitter um yeah uh left center field um pretty hit it into a bunch of uh They said rocking chairs. To me, they don't really look like rocking chairs so much. They look more like Adirondacks, but, uh, you know, I'm not a specialist in this kind of thing, so I don't know for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, he hit it pretty good. Um, yeah, no Montgomery, uh, no Colas. Couldn't watch it anyway, even if I wanted to for, uh, Winston-Salem, but, uh. This week they'll be back on uh, back on stream, so that's nice. Um, and if I remember correctly, uh, Down East is in Kanapolis, so we still get to see Kanapolis, so that's nice. So I think I'm not 100 percent certain, but I'm pretty sure that we get all four teams uh, stream this week, which would be certainly Sweet. awesome to see. Yeah.
1: Sweet. I need you to I need you to reach out to your. Uh to your connections down there in Kanapolis, and, and find out when they're going to get those jerseys up for sale. Which ones? The, the cannonballer jerseys. Oh, man. you can get those them look, online. I was looking for them. I couldn't find them. Uh, let me, uh, let me see what the, uh, I can the do. Blue and red cannonballers. Uh, I, I, you know, maybe it's happened recently, but a couple weeks ago I was looking and I can oh. find hats. Jerseys were not available.
0: Yeah. We had talked about this actually. Now that I remember, um, yeah, let me uh, let me drop somebody a line. I'll see what I can uh, see what I can do for you. Um, I'm sure that there's got to be some way to get them. Um, one thing that I'm looking forward to that I wanted to do yes, last blue, year: the blue ballers, the blue jersey. ballers, blue ballers. <laughs> um, the blue baller jersey. Last year <laughs> they had a game where they auctioned off all the jerseys. Uh, during the game, they had a silent auction and, um, I had my eye on the Brian Ramos jersey and, uh, it ended up going for, I want to say like 500 bucks. And I was like, eh, I don't want to part with that. Don't want it that bad. Yeah. (laughs) So, so I let, I let it go. Uh, but, um, so they do this, um, auction for uh, a brain cancer charity down there in Kannapolis. I don't remember which one it was. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but they, the jerseys were pretty, pretty cool. They had like, uh, like stars around the, around the stripe, uh, around the, uh, around the sleeves and everything. They're pretty, pretty cool. I'm um, looking forward to seeing if that happens again, see what, uh, see what we can maybe get for the background up here. I'd like to get one of those at some point. Yes. I have to redo. I have to put up a bunch of stuff. I got stuff sitting here on my desk for months now, and I still haven't hey, you're,
1: you're a busy man. Busy, busy man.
0: Yeah, and lazy when it comes to doing stuff like that. Interior decorating <laughs> stuff. I had get on that. I could not find it either, and that jersey is hot. It's hot. hot. That's hot. so hot. Um yeah so they
1: really are they really are pretty sharp oh uh, no yeah
0: seen, yeah I'm, a, I'm a fan. I, I would
1: really like to get my hands on one
0: yeah they For actually sure. they also have uh I don't know um if you saw the pictures that I took when I was down there last year they have like uh these chair and table sets that they have and uh in it's the back of, in the back of the seat they have like uh um cutout where it says like uh ballers. On the on the back of the chair it's pretty fresh um, let me see here uh, yeah I'll take a look into that for you yeah for sure this week I will
1: yeah uh, we, we need to, we need to get the word out on it you know so somebody's got to get something up there on the old you uh, know digital uh, shopping machine
0: yeah I would um, I'm pretty sure I'll be able to find you something somehow yeah um, who do you think you would get? What do you think? You think you would get a Colson Montgomery or a Westcath? What kind of thing would you do?
1: Uh, you know what? I was I was kind of thinking, uh, you know, the kids. Uh,
0: I lost you. What was that?
1: Uh, did I fade out?
0: Yeah, I didn't hair? hear
1: you. Uh, I was thinking Colson Montgomery. I think the kid's going to be a uh, super stud. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe I should go somewhere else because every time I – you know, it doesn't work out except for that Mark Burley guy. a hey, Mark Burley guy bought his jersey early in his career, and I think he did okay.
0: Yeah, my brother, uh, he bought an Andrew Vaughn jersey, and like, as soon as he bought it, he went into a slump last year, <laughs> and then he was worried that he was going to get traded. He's like, "It eh, just figures, man. I bought a Vaughn jersey, and now he's going to get traded, and it's going to. I'm not going to. It's going to be worthless." And I was like, ah, "I wouldn't worry about it." So he's really happy that Andrew Vaughn started off you know, started off well so he doesn't have to get rid of his Andrew Vaughn jersey.
1: Yeah, you know, these things uh they're concerning when you're you're parting with your your hard earned money, you know.
0: Absolutely. Especially with uh w- the way things have gone with deals with uh you know, I'm sure that there are probably a couple ten, twenty magical jerseys that are somewhere. <laughs> and you know people are probably using it to wash their car with or something at this point yeah mm hmm yeah yep. yeah uh, someone said it was smart to and dra- to not not smart to draft him fourth overall can't remember who that was me either um
1: i don't know i feel like there's at least three of us right here right now yeah, you know hey well, i digress yeah. I, um, think, uh, I think the three of us were all together during that <laughs> yeah. And you know, like read. the thing.
0: Yeah. The, and the thing was, we're is all that,
1: sharing a, this adult sparkling beverages.
0: Yeah. And like the thing was, is that I knew it was a foregone conclusion. So I just, I, I was happy to just laugh about it because, uh, what, you know, nothing I can do about it. Um, Duke Ellis. Yeah. I love Duke Ellis. That guy, um, If you haven't been following uh, White Sox Daily on Twitter, at Daily White Sox, um, you would see that uh, Duke Ellis against the Greenville Drive last week absolutely terrorized those poor gentlemen. I mean, every time they were pitching to him, if he got on base, he was stealing second, and then he was causing pitchers to balk. I mean, it happened like two or three times in the span of like two or three games, uh, he came back. I'm not 100% sure if he came back from injury or what it was, um, because he was not around for the first couple weeks, um, of the season. And, uh, then he just all of a sudden appeared in this, uh, you know, I don't know if he was, I don't remember seeing him in the lineup before the Greenville Drive Series. Uh, he might have had a couple of games where he played, but, um, yeah, he was all over them. He had a couple of home runs, um which he's not normally, you know, necessarily a power hitter per se, uh but he does have power and he is fast and super annoying to pitchers, which I really like. Uh funny thing is if Cubs fans washing their cars with magical jerseys.
1: <laughs> that's uh that's, that's that's no dad joke. I I find that quite humorous. Ha. Huh. Oh uh, no, well I'm kidding that's actually really funny <laughs> I'm not going to talk too
0: bad about him because his brother's uh his brother's pitching for the uh for the dash and uh, he, is. he got a sa- his first save the other day um and the kid can wing it uh, and he's uh if you guys do not know about time magical much bigger than his brother um he is not uh five eight he's more five actually he's not five seven Or whatever height Nick's saying he is, Um, but uh, yeah, he can chuck it, and uh, he's got some uh, some nasty breaking pitches as well. So I did not realize he was drafted by San Diego. Who's that? Duke Ellis? Is that who we're talking about? I thought I knew that we got uh, Duke Ellis was uh, yeah he was drafted by San Diego. They let him go, and then we picked him up. I want to say that we picked him up after the 2020 season um, where everybody seemed to have these guys that they didn't know what to do with. And because they had lost uh, a year of development and uh, it was, you know, like Duke Ellis, it was mostly these guys that had um, been drafted in 2019 Uh, Or 2018, that had not either A, not performed like super well in 2019, or had been drafted in 2019 and they were already, you know, they had been seniors and been drafted, so they were older, and then they didn't have that year in 2020 to develop, so they just let them walk. And yeah, so they just, uh, was it, uh, yeah, round 20? Yeah. Yep, out of Texas. The boy can play baseball. I will say that, plus defensive outfielder, uh, has a decent arm, uh, plus runner, has nice bat-to-ball skill, and uh, he does, you know, as seen last week uh, against the Well, actually two weeks ago against Greenville Drive, he's um, got some power too, so um, yeah. So uh, let's see, what else is, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of uh, the other guy, uh, Tyler Nestloney. Uh, who yes, big week. Yeah, he was, um, he was on, I don't know if you guys happened to see the, uh, future socks, uh, minor league team of the week, uh, that, uh, Jason Lowenthal puts out for them. But, um, Oh, Ellis was drafted in 2017. No kidding. 17. I didn't realize it was that long ago, but I digress anyway. Um, yeah. Nesloni made, he's uh, a little bit older. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean. He can play and I'll take it. Watching him, uh, just absolutely ruin pitchers' nights is hilarious. Um, if you go back and you search for Duke Ellis under videos <coughs> on Twitter, you will no doubt find one of the videos of him just absolutely ruining this, uh, this pitcher's night. Um, stole second base on him and then, uh, He's sitting there dancing around behind second base. Uh, first, Ooh, the pitcher tries to pick him off at second base and uh, overthrows him. The second baseman or shortstop, whoever it was, happens to block the ball, at least enough that it doesn't go out into the outfield. Um, but the second baseman just like kind of falls on top of Duke Ellis at the bag, so he couldn't get up and run. So then uh, on the next pitch... He's leading off again, causes the pitcher to um, miss the pitch clock. Then the next pitch causes him to balk. He gets to uh, gets to third base, and then I think, if I remember correctly, I think it was a pass ball ends up scoring. It is insane. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, Tyler Nesloni on the Braves has a I, – if I remember correctly, he had a – really nice 2018 and then uh 2019 was okay and then he started off 2021 he was hitting like 125 or something like that for the Braves uh farm team and um completely unpublicized move um I happened to find it just cuz I was searching around for it um on Twitter I don't know I don't even know how the heck that happened but um it was one of like a flurry of moves that they made last year uh Davy Gruyan that uh that catcher that they picked up for Charlotte he was kind of like a doppelganger for Yermin in Charlotte there was yeah. a couple of moves that were like just like these really under the radar moves that they did and um I think that they ended up paying like Twenty five thousand dollars or something like that for Nestleoni um, in the deal with the uh, with the Braves. I don't think it was much at all. And uh, yeah,
1: it wasn't. We talked about it uh, yeah. when it happened, actually.
0: Yeah, and it was like within uh, a week and a half, he started to hit, and he hasn't stopped. And he's still just tearing the cover off the ball. I think he's hitting something like around like three forty or something this year for the Barons, and uh, the Sunday game. Uh, i believe he hit a home run and i think he had a double and he had a, another home run like a couple days before that um, yeah
1: i remember seeing some of the uh some of the highlights that uh, were posted on twitter and uh he's got some uh he's got some nice gap power uh you know doesn't look like he's going to hit a, a ton of home runs but he uh he sprays the ball quite hey, lot. Well. You know, he might hit
0: a few at the rate you know being a lefty he might you know.
1: Yeah, well, short porch the winds blowing out in the summertime, you're uh you might see a few fly out of the stadium there.
0: Yeah. It's uh Texas Tech, dude. Um got a lot of Texas Tech guys in our in our system actually. I mean, I know that they're they're a good baseball program, but uh I think it's like Caleb Freeman is uh Texas Tech uh Davis Martin, Texan Te- Texas Tech. Neslone, Texas Tech. I think there's somebody else in there too that I'm missing. Hey, is it Declan Cronin? Might be Declan Cronin. Also, Texas Tech. If I remember correctly. Lots of them. Um, yeah, so anyway. Um back to uh back to the big league club. Yeah. What are you expecting out of the next uh before the next stream. So we got uh we got Cubs and Red Sox, um both away series, uh five games. What are you thinking for the uh Linux five games? What are you thinking uh record wise? What do you think we can expect?
1: Ah, you know, it's tough. Uh again, you know, I hate to jump on the weather bandwagon, but we are looking at uh things kind of starting to normalize a little bit weather wise. Looking at the projected forecast, if I might play uh meteorologists here, uh the extended forecast looks like probably about a week from now. Uh we're looking at uh oh eighty degree weather for quite some time and uh maybe not less than a week from now. Look next week. I don't know, whatever it is. Uh you know, and if 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 these uh these cold weather uh stands, the guys that are uh, you know, standing for the for the White Sox to pick it up as the weather warms up. You know, you'll you'll hear about the, the Cubans and the and the Hispanic Latino players that don't like to uh play in the cold weather from some of these uh stands. Uh, if that's the case, and you know I hate I hate for them to be right about this because you, you want the, the team to play well in all weather, but uh You kinda gonna think that the, the bats are gonna come around regardless of whether or not. Like I said earlier in the stream, uh Babip suggests that they should be uh, getting on base more often, uh, team-wise. Uh, Hard-hit percentage, they should be getting on base more often. Uh, you got to kind of wonder if maybe all this technology and information that's out there, the teams might just be playing the White Sox in the right places, and they're getting in front of a lot of things. The ground ball rate has definitely got to improve, but uh, if these guys can get a few more balls in the air, I think if you are going to drop, and I would love to see... Uh, some more runs scored, so I'm going to go ahead and say that they, uh, and you know, just out of uh, uh, you know pure White Sox fandom, that we're going to go ahead and sweep these uh, North Siders. Just I have to, mm. I have to say it. I can't go any other way. Whether or not I believe that 100 <laughs> is another thing, but you know what? It's a
0: bold choice.
1: I'm not, not going to go anywhere else. We're going to sweep the North Siders. I well, let's say we, we'll take uh, three out of the next five. Mm. And they're going to score some runs.
0: I think they'll win the Giolito start against the Cubs, which is Wednesday. Right. Uh, You know, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I've seen how they play, uh, they did not, uh, they did not play particularly well against Boston last year. They did not. Um especially at Giolito Giolito actually had
1: one of his starts in Fenway last season.
0: Yep. Yeah, that was uh that was 2000 uh 2018 Giolito worst yeah. pitcher in baseball. Uh that yeah. was pretty much uh him. And I know that he uh refuted the um the fact that he started pitching at 10 o'clock in the morning or 9 o'clock in the morning or whatever when he was doing his warm-ups said that that wasn't the problem. I'm calling BS on that uh, yeah. because he was terrible. Um, but, uh, you know, hey, <laughs> I like the optimism. I like the optimism of 3-2. and two. I'm going to go 2-3. and three. Um, I think that they'll win one of these Cubs games. And I think they'll win one of the Red Sox games just because – uh, Cease will be pitching against the Red Sox, and Giolito will pitch against the Cubs. And I think that both of them will do just enough to uh, to allow this terrible offense to score four runs and win a game. Just saying. Okay. Hey.
1: All right. You know it was. I'm playing the. I'm playing the role of the optimist here. I got. I have to. I, I we have. And you know what? Me in particular, I have been so negative. Since the before the season started, Uh, I wasn't thrilled about the way the offseason went for the White Sox. We've been very vocal about that, uh, seemingly dragging their feet through the torrid hot stove that started before uh, the lockout. And, uh, you know, it just continued from there. My negativity. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, now I I, kind of I have to I have to turn that negativity on its head. I have to cuz I can't take a whole lot more of this garbage we've been watching so far.
0: Yeah, I mean, at what point though this so-called negativity at what point does it not become negativity and it's uh realism?
1: Oh, it's been realism since the beginning. That's what I'm saying. It's it's been realism since the beginning. I'm just trying something <laughs> just trying I'm trying something to put new. some posi- I'm trying to put some positive energy into the ether, and you know maybe it makes its way over to, you know, the guys in the clubhouse at Thirty Fifth and Shields and and beyond when they go on the road this week. So, yeah, I you know, I, fingers crossed, man. Uh, honestly, I, I, I'm just you know, I'm just like you. I'm just like most of the people in this chat that, you know, we've been calling it how we see it from the beginning, but and I'm just I'm just trying something different. That's all.
0: Well, in the words of the great man Christian Bale, "Good for you." <laughs> um, I am not a real fan. I sound like Cub fan. Um,
1: oh, no. oh no! No 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 no! Oh, that whole thing. The, uh, yeah. the,
0: the the team, Rory, best friend. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. You know what I will say though. On a positive note, to be that optimist, uh, Liam Hendricks today looked like he figured it out because those guys, uh, and when I say those guys, um, uh, who is it? Brandon Marsh, uh, Mike Trout, and I'm trying to remember who the other guy was that he faced today. Uh, No idea what the heck was coming when he was out there. No, and you
1: know what? I watched it. I was watching it as we were doing didn't get a yet. like I said. I I listened to the game on the radio. Mm-hmm. But while we were sitting here, I was looking for that double tap mm-hmm. in the glove and uh I did not see it. I didn't I didn't see him tipping the pitch. Yep. And uh he looked pumped. Yes. He also looked like he was really throwing some gas too. Like he, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If- he found another uh he found another gear
0: yeah i think he hit a hundred so. uh, against uh t m n t the michael nelson trout uh the Me- the uh teenage mutant ninja Turtle. Mm-hmm. um yeah i think he hit a hundred against him on that uh on that fastball for strike two i believe um yeah he looked like a different person out there, and it was uh, fantastic. Uh, go team! I'm yeah very happy to see like some positives today, some stuff the, the to pitching build
1: on. Almost all the way around was really fantastic. That Kendall Graveman was throwing some oh.
0: filthy stuff yeah, up that, there today. That sinker, that back door, inside. Oh. Oh. that was that
1: thing. Crazy. I mean, it it looks like it moves three times before it reaches. Wait, that thing moves all over the place. It's I mean that was a filthiest filth the filthiest of filthy.
0: <laughs> yeah. I felt bad and for Adele. It I felt yeah. bad for Adele.
1: Yeah, Joe Adele I mean he there's nothing you can do with about that. You can't hit that. You can't yeah. hit it.
0: I mean it's nice because uh Adele writes all these really sad songs and he was really sad after most of his at bats today. So I mean it kinda <laughs> works out well that way. Um, you just pulled it a dad joke today, huh? Hey, man, I got you know what? I gotta <laughs> I gotta get it out somehow. Uh, per Chip Egan at FanSided, since the break last season, the Sox are forty-eight and forty-six. Oh yeah, no, I understand that there is a reason why we all, yeah, we are no, all listening. I'm not,
1: I'm not painting sunshine and rainbows and butterflies. I'm just yeah. trying to be optimistic is all. Uh, but you know, the, there's nobody. I don't think there's anybody out there that calls it more to the way they see it than the two of us do on this show. No, Uh, you know, and we've been called some names, you know, for being negative, whatever. I don't really care. Yeah, we call it how we see it. We we talk realistically, uh, and we put some thought, some real thought, in into what we bring out here. This is not just us being frustrated Sox fans. This is us being frustrated Sox fans with some information to uh, kind of back our claims. And, uh, you know, for the most part, like I said, we we have a pretty good uh, uh, track record on our prognostication. And, uh, you know, I would be more than thrilled to be wrong about those prognostications. There are a handful of them this season. Absolutely thrilled because, you know, it, it, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. When we had our bold prediction show a few weeks back, Uh, you especially, again, I tried to be a little more optimistic because I think maybe there's still the chance that there might be some mid season moves, but, uh, you know, now looking back at those bold predictions, if this team's in the tank before we get to the, uh, mid season, there might not be any moves or at least not any that are going to, uh, you know, put the socks over the edge.
0: I was going to ask you, who are we selling?
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. There's not going to be any that, you know, for the push. Yeah. Or there, there, there might be some uh, you know, let's dump some salary and regroup for next year. Yeah,
0: that's my question is if they, you know, if they end up being, you know, at the at the trade deadline if they're like 15 games <laughs> out or something.
1: True sayer. You you're you're cruising for a ban, buddy. <laughs> 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 cruising for a ban.
0: Oh, oh, with the Cup Fan talk over
1: here. I mean, we love you. Don't get don't get me wrong, but Jeez man, get off my back.
0: Yeah, I actually <laughs> there's a there's a filter in the chat that I had looked at and it allowed me to uh automatically ban a word so if somebody says it it just automatically de- deletes the question or the uh the uh the comment and I had thought about doing it for uh that that word
1: for well, for Cub fan or yeah, just Cubs. cubs. Girl?
0: Yeah, Cubs. Cubs, Cub, whatever. <clears throat> I thought about it. Uh, you know, I didn't do it, though, because, you know, I figured uh, I didn't want to. Uh, I did not want to scare, scare away anybody. And I didn't mm-hmm. want to uh, stop any of the uh, the negativity. Towards, no.
1: Towards you know, it. I saw a funny tweet earlier from uh, Mr. Rick Sutcliffe saying oh. that. Uh, have you seen this?
0: Yeah, I saw anybody, it just before.
1: <laughs> anybody that uh, anybody that says the Cubs uh, have not been able to develop pitching, just look at the White Sox pitching line today. Yep. Uh, I would argue that uh, they did not develop. Uh, you know, he came from their system, but they did not develop him. But still, pretty yep. funny.
0: Yeah. See, a friend of mine, uh, like immediately after the game was over, he, he, uh, I got like uh, my fantasy baseball league team. We got uh, <coughs> or fan- fantasy baseball league. Uh, he in the group <sighs> chat had said, you know, well Theo finally uh, developed a pitcher, and I said, well, he drafted somebody who did right. develop. He- so that's right. that's I guess that's a feather in his cap. Is that he finally actually did draft a pitcher that did develop into something. Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't the one uh, who developed said pitcher because he's been with the White Sox since uh, advanced day. So right, right, and his command right. all came with the White Sox.
1: Yeah, absolutely. As his command all came with the White Sox this year.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean, you know, I I did say, you know, like I was like, you know, he did get better last year, but there was still, last year, there was still plenty of games where in the third inning he's cruising, you know, with like 65, 70 pitches, you know, heading into the fourth inning. And this year so far, it's been pretty stinking good uh, as far as that goes. Uh, You know, he's had like an inning here or there that's kind of escalated his pitch count a little bit, but for the most part, he's done a really really nice job at limiting those innings. It's
1: Yeah, can you refreshing. imagine? Could you imagine now with Dylan Cease the way he's been pitching at the, at the start of the 2022 season and Lucas Giolito has been pretty solid. And I, I just let's let's just let's just get in our way back machine and I hate to whip this horse but dang it if we had Carlos Rodon right now.
0: I knew it was coming. <laughs>
1: Well, what other horse can I whip? Uh, there's a few, actually. But, I mean, that one's really to death. But, yeah.
0: yeah I, I'm I mean, just saying.
1: I'm not going to get into it. I'm just saying. Let's just imagine for a moment. I you thought know, about it where, actually today. We, this is where cue the uh, choir, the angel choir music. Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you could imagine having Gilido, Cease, Rodon... Lynn and Kopeck in the same rotation.
1: I'd say that's the, that, that might be the best starting staff mm. the last 10 seasons.
0: Absolutely. It
1: starting five.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, unfortunately, uh, they decided to, uh, you know, and it's not unfortunate, you know, it's just, how about ah, this, it's unfortunate that the, that the owner signed Lynn to an extension and didn't think it was worth the money to re-sign Rodon. I mean, you know, a 100 yeah. times we've heard, a uh, 100,000 times we've heard, well, he we can't stay healthy. You know what? Lynn and Giolito have already been on the IL. And uh, Keuchel was not any good anyway. Yeah. So what's the excuse there? And, uh, um, and
1: you know, Rexpex is out there doing some things too now.
0: Yep. Yep, Dane Dunning spikes. pitched really yep. nice uh, for the uh, Rangers. And, uh, you know, like I, the thing was is that I was not happy that Dunning got traded, but I wasn't hap- uh, unhappy about the return. You know, the return yeah. is fine. It's just that, uh, you know, since they signed him to the extension, great. You know, but the thing is is that, you know, you did still give up on who was quite possibly the best best pitcher, you know, in that trade, um, just because of his command and here, you know, I mean, it is what it is, you know, Yeah, hindsight
1: is a nasty thing when it comes to baseball. Yeah. It, it really is. It's it, it'll, funny. It'll drive you nuts.
0: Yeah. Well, see the, the thing is, is that what's worse and especially for us is Hindsight not being funny because we were saying it at the time, and yeah, there were definitely indicators. Happening. <laughs>
1: there yeah, there were I mean, indicators that we saw. You know, we—it's we, not like we were looking into a crystal ball. There were there were things that uh, told us that you know certain situations were going to go in a in a in a certain direction, and you know we weren't just guessing you know, we were using the information available to us to say these things. And, you know, we, we saw them go in that direction, but like you said, the return in that trade was not awful as you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you get the extension, you go, okay, well now, better because it's not just giving up five years for one year, but, uh, you know, and now we got Lance Lynn, he's, uh, he had some knee issues at the end of last season and they followed him into this season and now he's been shelved.
0: Yeah, well, so, I mean and- the, so so here's the question, right? Is that the White Sox are in the position that they're in. Do you think that and I do not, but I'm just going to throw it out there that the White Sox are in the the uh standings due to the fact that Giolito and Lynn got injured. Cuz I don't think so. I think that they would be bad regardless. Because well, yeah, they, can't, I mean, they can't the hit.
1: offense is not, the offense is not there. There's to be honest with you it had it, it it could be worse with this the way this offense has gone, but we've had some good performances. You know, like you said you talk about the Vince Velasquez looking pretty stinking good the other day and you see Dylan Cease go out there and do what he did today. And and the bullpen, you know, jumped on uh, his performance today and did what they did. If it wasn't for pitching performances like that, this team would look even worse in the win-loss column. So, yeah, no, I mean, we can talk about, you know, Chilito and Lynn and and these guys, you know, having their, you know, missed starts. But uh, the reality is the hitting has got to come around if this team wants to win some games.
0: Yeah. Uh, What's the guarantee that Lynn is going to be the same? He's thirty-five, has a larger amount of mileage than others, and is completely fastball-dependent. Yeah. Um. With with you on that. Um. Yeah. I mean, you saw it against the Astros. Somebody dependent on fastballs can get touched up.
1: Four different. Four different types of fastballs. It's
0: true, yeah, that's true, and it'll get him <laughs> ground balls. It'll get him pop ups, but I mean, you, you're still, you know, you're still coming in, you know. And he does vary his velocity and stuff, and you know, like I'm, he's a, he is a good pitcher, but you know, we talked about this before. When you look at his, uh, his game logs of generally how his seasons go, they usually kind of do this, you know. Uh, let me see, they do this Uh, i can't i can't do it in the camera anyway they they're usually really good in the middle you know he starts off and looks pretty decent gets really good for two months and then he starts petering out as the season goes on
1: yeah and people talk about the amount of innings that consistently one of the top innings eaters in baseball year over year But you got to wonder how much of that eats into the back end of a season because that's where he kind of falls. He tapers and he goes through that dead arm period. Yep. Maybe, you know, I I get the question, you know, do we think he can come back from this injury and be, you know, the Lynn we hope that he can be? And there's part of me that says, I don't know, because he is aging. But then there's another part of me that says, you know, he said two months off. And maybe he doesn't go through the uh, fatigue the same way at the end of the season. So, I, you know, either is a possibility. I don't really it just remains to be seen.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, like, and I'm not throwing shade here, but that's kind of what D- Dallas Keuchel did. When he had a qualifying offer attached to him and signed with the Braves halfway through the season, he looked halfway decent that season. Enough so that against my wishes, the White Sox went out and signed him. And uh again, with the COVID season being his first season, he looked halfway decent because it was a sixty game season and uh and he was really good until that faded uh, Ricky game where where they're up by eight and he hasn't coming out to start the eighth inning when he's got like 120, 120, 130 pitches and his back ends up getting hurt. So he looks halfway decent until that point and then he's got a back injury that causes him to be cheeks like his SI photo shoot <laughs> for the rest of that season doesn't show up in the playoff game that he's... Oh, Lord. He didn't bring up
1: Shoot.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, he's, he's here to help the White Sox in the playoffs. And he was terrible. Couldn't, you know, like, couldn't get outs when it mattered. And then last year, you got what you got. And now you got him again. And everybody knew he was bad. And yet, as mentioned in the chat, you knew it was a problem Yet you still didn't do anything about it, and you brought him back. So we're still dealing with it. And you know, again, the pitching is not—you know—it's
1: like the main concern is. is Hasn't been that bad. Yeah. If you can't score more than two runs,
0: I lost you.
1: I said if you're not going to score more than two runs a game.
0: It's it's I'm taking crazy pills here. If you're not scoring two run more than two runs a game, go. You're not going to win
1: a whole okay. lot of games.
0: All right. Thank you. As I lost you at the same spot every time. Okay. Um. <laughs> um well, I'm glad we got that out. Yeah. I'm glad I finally <laughs> got the full sentence there. <laughs> uh, this time I off may help win at uh, the end.
1: Yeah. A uh, little little post live stream editing on that.
0: Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I think it's, I'm gonna leave it in there. I'm gonna do it yeah, leave anything. it in there.
1: It's fun. It's fun.
0: Um, yeah, man. I, uh, this time off may help Lynn at the end. Yeah, it might. <coughs> or it could be that uh, it's just that he is uh, bad in the cold weather, just like the rest of the uh, the team. Is that uh, because? God, I hate
1: that excuse. It's yeah, awful. But I, know. I mean it it's just at this point like what else do you have to hold on to uh,
0: yeah looking at the record and looking at uh, all of the offensive stats there uh, there's pretty much almost nothing to hold on to uh nothing to be positive about and uh you know
1: well here's the other side of that too you know there's a lot of Sox fans. had on well they just don't play am I gone again
0: yeah you disappeared for a second. It's really bizarre.
1: Yeah. Okay. I was just saying that there's a lot of Sox fans that want to hang their hat on the fact that the White Sox don't play well in colder weather. Well, what happens in Chicago in October when the playoffs are around? You think this is a playoff team because, oh, well, you know what? It's going to get warm, and the bats are going to heat up, and the pitchers are going to look fantastic. Everybody's going to be a Cy Young winner. And then come Mid to end September, and the weather cools off, and you get into October, and lo and behold, it's cold again. And this is that that's what you want to see it, to go deep into the playoffs. Yeah. I hate that excuse, I hate it.
0: That's yeah, I'm I not, I'm also not a fan. Um, I feel like, uh, the, the whole you know, and, and it, it kind of actually is in today's political climate it's kind of mind-boggling really that i still hear the thing about oh latin players don't like the cold <laughs> like really this is this is what we're this is what we're holding on to is we're you know like taking people's nationalities and using it against them to say that uh, you know that it's not going to be they're not gonna yeah. be good in that time because they're from you know an island and yeah a way to Caribbean,
1: be politically I mean, correct by putting a label on uh you know where somebody is from and yeah. and their how they're going to be able to perform
0: yeah, I don't know it just like to me it it just a clearly it sounds stupid, but b especially with like the way things are now, like the, the fact that somebody's even saying that is like,
1: it almost seems like you shouldn't be able to say that. Like, Oh, can't say that one. Can't, yeah. Can't it's,
0: that. it's kind of, it's kind of bizarre that it's, that it's still a thing. And it's like, but and it's still but, accepted. But the thing is, is that Ozzy's saying it, you know, yeah. you know, Former uh, player. Venezuelan or, you know, it's like, okay, so it's not in the exact same area, but you know, it's okay because of that. I, I don't know. To me, it's just kind of like, it, and like said in the chat, it is a cop out. It's complete and total horse crap because these other teams that are coming in and beating the piss out of the White Sox, guess what? They have Latin ball players on their team too.
1: Absolutely right. So it, you know, both teams are playing on the field. It, it, you know, you got two teams at every game, and if the White Sox are playing in the cold weather, the team they're playing against is playing in the cold weather, and you got to learn how to beat them whether it's cold or hot or whatever, you've got to go out there and do the job and, uh, uh, screw that excuse.
0: Well, you know, the reason why Mike trout fell in the draft was because he was from New Jersey and he played in a cold weather climate and had less baseball going on than all these guys in Florida. So that's why he fell in the draft. So right, because, because of that, because of that, shouldn't he be better in the cold and he shouldn't have struck out four times today. Radio Gold's
1: How do you somewhere. like that?
0: How do you like that? It works both oh, ways man. here. Um, you gotta, yeah.
1: you gotta love the the looks that he was giving Dylan today too. Man, you fooled me. It was almost like a tip of the cap. You know, hey, yeah, it was that was good stuff. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> he did not look thrilled with his plate appearances today. Yeah, Tampa Bay scored seven runs against us in Chicago. Yeah, a dome team, exactly. <laughs> a and dome team. From what yeah, I remember, what? it
1: was like April seventeenth.
0: Yeah, and I'm fairly certain. That there is a Latin ball player or two on the Tampa Bay Rays.
1: Yeah, just, we have one or two.
0: Yeah, just Seven. Yeah, um, whatever, <laughs> man. It's like the whole thing's just stupid. The you thing know, is, speaking is of uh, Mike Trout, um, go ahead. No, yeah. go
1: ahead. You know, and I, we, you know, now that we're bringing up Mike Trout, and you know, and I, I said that he gave uh, Dylan Cease a look today. Uh, you know, the guy's a classic player. Uh I I don't know if you got if you caught Saturday when the uh the rain the the, the deluge came. A deluge. uh Saturday and Vince Velasquez was trying to uh get the last oh, out of the inning yeah. before they stopped. And uh, you know, everybody was walking around the front state of the batter's box and Vince Velasquez stayed on the mound and they kinda gave each other a look like, you know, we're in the middle of it at bat here, let's finish it up. Yeah. It was just it was a fun moment that too, was. to see these guys you know, do their thing up there. So, you know, either way, you can say what you want, but you guys are class act.
0: No, yeah, for sure. That was, that was definitely a fun moment. And actually MLB retweeted that, uh, that section of, uh, of the game on Saturday. Yeah. So that was, it was cool. You know,
1: but class act or not best ball player in the game for the last, you know, I don't know it seems like forever. He's just been the best ball player on the planet for a long time. But, uh, yeah. Still struck out four times a day, so hey.
0: Yep. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, exactly. Only Latin players on the Sox. Correct. Um, All right. So, uh, yeah, I think I'll call it there uh, for the week. It's been fun. Um, uh, You know, it's been kind of a weird show, I feel. Um, Yeah, we've been been a little all over the place. Some positivity. Some a, a lot of negativity, um, but the game today was fun, and it was that was that was uh, that in Saturday's <coughs> games. It seemed it seemed like there was actually some stuff that uh, might be positives uh, going Giggity's. forward here. So promote Yolbert Sanchez. Oh, Gigades, what's up, man? How you doing? Good to see you. Yeah, man. The uh the Yolbert Sanchez train, um I would one hundred percent not be surprised if when Johan and Joe Kelly make their way up here from Charlotte, um that uh Yolbert uh fits inside of Yohan's uh Dolce Gabbana giant carry on bag and uh makes his way to Chicago. Um that said, that that's probably fun. not happening, but you know, it would be nice. Um but you know like the thing is is that once those two guys come back they just cut back down to 26 men on the roster so uh Mendic and Severino got sent back up looks like the Cuban Nick Magical oh boy that's uh woof um yeah i i suppose um i got nothing yeah <laughs> I'm not man done. i uh
1: Not touching Uh,
0: that. I will say he is much better with his glove and much better on the base paths than uh, Magical is. So that's a a good thing. Um, Yeah, those eight eight innings against Lorenzen (laughs) so far until he gets to Chicago, and then he's going to hate the cold, and uh, he's not going to field, even though he's a plus defender and he's going to be terrible at... uh, you know, at base running, just because he's, uh, he's, he's going to fall away. down
1: between first and second and do it again, triple his feet between second and third. Ugh.
0: Yeah, no, uh, you know, hey, man, uh, I, Yulbert's looked great and, uh, been tweeting out his stuff for what, like two, two, uh, let's see, 21 and 19, a little bit. Uh, he did. The thing about 2019 is his contact numbers were okay, but it was uh, very evident that he was not comfortable yet. Uh, But last year, once he's comfortable, smacking the ball all around the place. Magical has a better contact rate. He does. Uh, But uh, you know the giggities. Uh,
1: Yeah, when you're hitting in a double plays, though, you know, hey, whatever.
0: (laughs) True. Um, Also... um, Giggities! I know that you've noticed that, uh, Nikki barrels, <laughs> <has> zero <laughs> barrels. So, I mean, I'm just saying,
1: and 11 K's already making yeah. three strikes.
0: Yeah. They did say that he was going to be, a, a a gold glove candidate year in and year out. And he has not done that. Um, it's mm. unfortunate, um, for him, not so much for us at this point. Um, they also but, say uh, he was
1: supposed to be a good base runner, even though his feet are like, or his legs are, you know, he's like, uh, uh old Cotton Hill. Baseball you know, got his, got IQ is, shot is off, in, off in the, the charts,
0: right? That's what I heard. <laughs> baseball IQ is off yeah, the charts.
1: Yeah. His acumen is uh, a six-tool
0: player. Um, not so much
1: six-tool
0: player. <laughs> <laughs>
1: got um, my shut off in the war. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So, uh, next Monday, nine o'clock, um, uh, our friend Mark or was thinking about joining us this evening, uh, Mr. Donuts that you guys see in chat every once in a while, but he is having surgery early in the morning. So he decided to, uh, call it so he could get some sleep for his surgery and, uh, we wish him well, uh, in his yeah, surgery tomorrow. Talk, and, uh, talk to you. Let's hope uh, everything goes well with that, and uh, he's up and um, running stairs at the uh, local high school sometime soon. Um, yeah, you know
1: that it's funny you mentioned that because the local high school across <laughs> the is how. Oh, really? Yeah, there's no stairs. Yeah, <laughs> it's it was old joke in the Catholic. Eh, well,
0: all just... right, well, maybe you can do uh, do a shuttle run. You know, there something. You go. I don't know. Um, but yeah, we wish him well and uh, hope everything goes well for him. Um, my name is Ian Escridge, my co-host, the Danny Miller. Uh, we thank you guys for coming and hanging out and uh, talking in the chat uh, at Daily White Sox on Twitter, uh, Substacks. Substack, what is it? White Sox Daily slash Substack dot com is the uh, the uh, the website. Uh, we have Facebook group. Um, feel free to go in there. We have a new YouTube page um, that uh, has all of the tweets from the minor league highlights, and it also – basically I just condense it all, put it all in one video so you don't have to look for each individual stinking highlight. You can just watch them all in a row from each game. Uh, I highly suggest you go there, White Sox Daily, in the search bar on YouTube, go and look at uh, WestCast's Home uh, first home run from the other night. Um, go and look smash at
1: smash that subscribe uh, button. Smash yes, sh-
0: it! Smash that subscribe button, please. As um, our
1: uh, as our subscribership grows, there's going to be some that channel as well too. So go ahead and uh, spread the word.
0: You cut out right when you said it was awesome. It cut out right when you said when the subscribership goes up, and then it went blank. And then and then you kick back in like two seconds later is great.
1: Oh, awesome! Yeah, I don't know what the hell is going on, over <laughs> that, but smash that button. When we get our subscribership up, we're gonna be able to do a lot more
0: uh, things. Is it, it again? It does not want you to say what you're saying. There, it's uh, you are being censored by the internet.
1: Sure, we'll go with Google, that. Google Google's
0: done. watching you.
1: I'm done. Uh, <laughs> Just saying, we're gonna be able to do some fun things
0: yeah so. uh yeah no for sure um yeah and then uh, you know eventually uh here you know there's a couple of clips from uh from the stream that's ended up on there as well and uh eventually i s- assume that i'll probably end up just throwing the whole stream up there but it has not happened as of yet um just because it's you know a couple hours long so i don't know if anybody's gonna sit and watch a couple hours on youtube i don't know it's not a feature film so uh but uh, we thank you guys all for coming in, coming and watching, coming and chatting, hanging out, uh, putting all the interesting ideas in chat, and um, he has a negative exit velo. <laughs> um, yeah, so you guys have a good rest of the week. Uh, hopefully, hopefully see you guys next Monday at 9 o'clock, and uh, we appreciate everything that you guys do, and uh, you guys have a great night, and we'll catch you next week. All right? Thanks.